This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sucker Center United Methodist Church, December 19, 2021. The message is, When Joy is Our Song, based on Psalm 34, 1-8, and Luke 1, 39-55. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, would you join me as I pray? Most loving, gracious God, you are the giver of joy. You are the source of the joy that we experience in our lives. As we continue to live out the season of Advent, oh God, we pray that you would fill our hearts with the new graces, with the new joys, so that we can rejoice in you. Truly, may the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, that was a great amen. Um, This morning at 9 a.m., I uh, said a joke. And there was a complete silence. <laughs> so, and, and today, uh, my sermon at 11 should be a mini sermon because we have a special uh, music from our choir. So, if you are interested how silent it was, you can go back and watch the 9 a.m. service. <laughs> but what we did was, you know, uh, I'm going to say a word and I invite you to uh, sing or say whatever hymn comes to your mind. Okay, so let's let's do it. Peace. What hymns do you does come to your mind? Peace. In your peace on earth. In your heart. Absolutely, yes, great. In your heart. In your heart. Yeah. What about hope? Hope. I hope. What what hymns? What songs comes to your mind as you hear the word hope? Taking a nap later. <laughs> what about uh, joy? What what hymn? Joy to the world. Yeah, joy to the world. What is that? Yes, yes. That is. For the last three weeks, we have been exploring the meaning of Christmas through the story of the Grinch. The Grinch steals away, you know, the Christmas presents, Christmas trees, even the food for the Christmas feast. After moving all this stuff to the top of the mountain, Grinch thinks that there will be no Christmas for the people, uh, people in the Whoville. He puts his hand to his ears to hear them cry, but the sound wasn't sad. 1966 TV special describes the scene in an interesting way. Um, please check out this video.
But this, this sound wasn't sad. What? This sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. How many of you watched this uh, TV special series? Yeah? Okay, it was, came out in 1966. So, yeah. How many years have passed? There's still people watching this. The song the Who sang in this video clip uh, is a song called Welcome Christmas. I guess many of you heard it before. But in the original book, the Dr. Seuss's book, there's no song title or relics mentioned. It simply reads, every who down in the Whoville, the tall, the small, was singing. So it's up to the reader's imagination what song they sang. Staring down at Whoville, the Grinch was totally shocked. The people in the Whoville was, were singing without presents, without boxes, tags, packages. They were singing without Christmas trees. They were singing without the food for their Christmas party. How could it be so? How could it be so? The Grinch stood puzzling. His heart was filled with surprise and wonder. What was it that made them sing under that circumstance? How could they sing? What was it that made the Who's sing instead of cry? The story doesn't tell us exactly what was going on inside the heart of the Who's. But I believe it was the joy of Christmas in their hearts that made them sing together. The joy of Christmas. Because singing is the language of joy. This is actually what John Wesley said in his sermon. That the exact words are, singing is as much as the language of holy joy as praying is of holy desire. Just like prayer is an expression of our desire for the Lord, singing, especially praising God, is an expression of our joy. This means that when our joy is gone, our singing may also be gone. The Bible reminds us that the people of Israel sang to the Lord. In spite of the circumstances, good or bad, pretty, ugly, whatever the case may be, they sang to the Lord. Remember when the people of Israel came out of Egypt, Moses, Miriam, his sister, and the people of Israel sang to the Lord. That's in the book of Exodus. There's, a, there's the first song that we, we see that's sung by the people of Israel. When Samuel was born, Hannah sang to the Lord. 
When David was fleeing from King Saul, he sang many songs to the Lord, and that became part of the book of Psalms, as we know. When people of Israel were in Babylonian exile, in a foreign land, without their families and friends, they wondered about whether their song was gone. It wasn't. They still sang to the Lord. In the New Testament, the songs continue. The note of joy and exultation that runs through the gospel stories reminds us that joy is oftentimes a surprising gift. That's how joy works. Joy comes as a surprise. And this gift is sent to us even in the situation of great despair and sadness. For joy, in essence, is the steadfast assurance that God is with us. Today's gospel lesson includes two songs of two blessed women who were pregnant, Elizabeth and Mary. If the Gospel of Luke is a music piece, these songs like a, a prelude. They tell us how the rest of the story is going to be unfolded. As many of you would know, Mary's song is called the Magnificat, a Latin word for magnify. And this is a theologically rich and deep song. One of the biblical scholars even makes the bold statement that the entire gospel of the, uh, of the Luke is a commentary on this particular song. You know, there's a lot in there, but I believe one of the profound truths we discover from this song is that when joy becomes our song, amazing things happen. The story shows us what happens when joy is our song. What happens when joy is our song? When joy is our song, we come to magnify and bless God. And in this, in turn, grows our hearts. Elizabeth, cousin of Mary, blesses Mary, and Mary responds to her in a song. And this song, Mary glorifies God. In NRSV Bible, we just read a uh, NIV version, but in NRSV, it says, Mary magnify the Lord. Uses the word magnify instead of glorifies. Mary magnifies God for what is happening. She rejoices about what God has done for her. If you look at the... Uh, bulletin, there's a scripture passage, uh, look at the verse 50, from the 50, look at the verb used in this song of Mary, there are a lot of verbs used in this song, verse 50 extends, and, and go, going forward, perform, scattered, brought down, lifted up, feel, sent, helped, remembering, all those action words. But be mindful of, how, of whose action these words describe. These verbs are used to describe God's action. Later in the Gospel of Luke, we see these action words being fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The divine promises were accomplished by Jesus' word and action. You know, there could be different definitions of joy in our culture. 
And our admin reads, reading, um, Donna and Ian, read uh, about the differences between joy and happiness. However, our Christian view of joy, our Christian view of joy is grounded in our theological understanding of God, the giver of joy, the ultimate source of joy in our life. Think of the most joyous person you have in your life. It could be your friends, family member. Just think of one, you know, most joyous person you know in your life. And the, the characteristic of these people is that they naturally spread joy over to others. Our God is a joyous God. God created all things out of His love, out of joy. As we just prayed this morning, the cult worship, we have a singing God. And it is God's nature to sing. The same God wants us to participate in God's joy, God's happiness, and God's song. In other words, God knows joy, and God wants His people to experience and share that joy. In this story, Mary was filled with joy. However, we should note that Mary's joy didn't make cultural sense in a way that Elizabeth's joy did in the first century of the ancient Israel. Her pregnancy could be, could be her death sentence socially. Since she is engaged, people would consider it the proof of adultery, which would be punishable by stoning according to the law. Christ came to Elizabeth with the vulnerability of his mother Mary, and in this story, however, Mary was filled with joy. And her joy comes from her steadfast assurance that God is with her. No matter what's happening in her life, she had that assurance. God is doing something in her life, and that God is with her. There's a book entitled 10,000 Reasons, Stories of Faith and Hope and Thankfulness, written by David Cook. In this book, there's a story about a young student, Ruben Hill, student at uh, London's Imperial College, who was diagnosed with a brain tumor. The surgeons operate on him using groundbreaking medical technology you know, these days when people have, have their brain surgery, they're awake, right? And he had to be awake during the part of the procedure so that they could check that, you know, his speech was not harmed by the procedure. As the last piece of his tumor was removed, the amazing thing happened. He sang lines from Red Man's song, the 10,000. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. One of the songs that we often, often uh, sing, 9 a.m. service with the praise band. Friends, when joy is, is our song, we are able to magnify and bless God in whatever circumstances we may be. Like the Who's in the Whoville 
who could still sing in the story of the Grinch without the Christmas trees, without Christmas presents, without the food for their feast. When joy is our song, we can still glorify and magnify God. We can still bless God because our joy is grounded in the steadfast assurance that God is with us. That was what happened to Mary. Secondly, when joy is our song, we come to bless others. And this in turn grows the heart of others. Joy brings mutual blessings. When Mary came to Elizabeth, she desperately needed care and support. She and her unborn baby Christ needed home, home to be nurtured, home to be supported and, and, and cared for spiritually, physically. And Elizabeth welcomed them into her home, became a blessing to Mary and the Christ the baby. You know, she was also six months pregnant at that point. Second trimester. Tough time. But she took care of them for three months. When Elizabeth blesses Mary, Mary responds to her blessings in a song. As we will see this truth again in our Christmas Eve services, the Gospel of Luke witnesses that the joy experienced by Mary and Elizabeth spread over to many and to the whole world. Elizabeth exalts and rejoices. Mary rejoiced and sang later this joy experienced by the shepherds on the day of Jesus' birth. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. They were greatly terrified by the news from the angels initially, but their fear turned into joy as they saw and stayed with the baby Jesus. It was Emmanuel, God with us, that surprised them by joy and enabled them to share the joy. According to this book, how Grinch stole the Christmas, the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. His heart grew. It's not that the Grinch never heard the, them sing before. He did hear them sing indeed, but it was more like a noise than a song to him. But it was completely different at this time. There was something special, something different about the song they sang together on Christmas. And this is uh, the Grinch on my desk. I got it as a gift a few weeks ago. I don't know if you could see uh, his facial expression. His face shows peace and joy. I believe it was the joy shared and communicated to the Grinch that opened his heart and heart. In the video that we watched this morning, you see as they sing, there was a light moving, right? Being lifted up. The light of joy was spreading to the world, even to the heart of the Grinch. And Grinch does an amazing thing. He brings back all the gifts 
and food that he stole away. And he himself carved the roast beast. The, the story ends there. There was a teacher who teaches in the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. Tom, one of his students, was intellectually slow, couldn't do very well in classes. And when Christmas pageant time came, he wanted to have a part in the pageant. What's more, he wanted a speaking part. He wouldn't settle for anything less. So they made him to the innkeeper. They figured he could handle that because all he needed to say was no room, twice. One before Mary spoke and one after Mary spoke. The night of the pageant, there was a beautiful song of Mary sung by the student choir. Tom was so moved by the song behind the scene, behind the stage. And the story unfolded. At nine, Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem. It was Tom's turn to perform. Mary knocks on the door. The innkeeper opens, opens the door. And he says, in a harsh fashion, as he practiced, no room. Mary says, I'm, I'm sick. I'm, all, I'm cold. I'm going to have a baby. And if you don't give me a place to stay, my baby will be born in the cold, cold night. He just stood there without saying anything. The student behind him was kind of nudging him and said, no room, no room. Say no room. And finally he turned and said, I know what I'm supposed to say, but she can have my room. Friends, this is what happens when joy is our song. It blesses others. It grows our heart as well as the heart of others. Doesn't the story of Tom sound like the story of the Grinch? God transformed by the Who's. If you read the story of the Grinch to your child or grandchild before, think about, you know, how, how did you uh, handle the song part in the story? What song would you sing as part of the story if you read the story today? As you listen to this message, I invite you to imagine what the song may have been if you were one of the who's down in the Whoville today. How are you being called to sing new words to Mary's song this, this Advent and Christmas so that your soul might ever more fully magnified and bless the Lord and others? How is the Spirit moving within you such that during this season of Advent and Christmas, your soul may ever more fully magnify God? Recently, I, I got a new tin whistle at uh, my family wasn't really happy about that because I played uh, a lot. But uh, after the meetings and work, I sat in my office and played the hymns, you know, praising God. There is a song I started playing frequently since Thanksgiving. It's a song I mentioned uh, earlier in my sermon, The 10,000 Reasons. You know, my soul had been downcast the last few weeks for a variety of different reasons. And this song reminded me of so many reasons I can still sing for the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. 
As I magnify the Lord, I realize that my heart that was too small to see God's vision and purpose grew little by little. Song goes like this. It begins with a chorus. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. You are enriched in love, you are slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to sing, to find. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul sings your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Beautiful song. I wish I could sing. And I want to share my song with you. I played this song with my uh, hin whistle, which is not really good, but hope you could enjoy. But as you hear this song, I invite you to think about 10 reasons you can still sing today in your circumstance. I mean, 10,000 reasons might be too overwhelming. So let's begin with 10 reasons that you can sing today in your life circumstances. I hope the reason will increase day by day, week by week, year by year. Friend, joy is our soul's song to God, the source and giver of joy. And when joy is our song, what happens is that we bless the Lord and others. Blessing God and others is therefore an expression of joy. May your hearts grow like Christ as you continue to bless the Lord and others, not just during the season of Advent and Christmas, but also in your daily life and faith. Amen? Amen. So let us uh, take a moment to uh, think about the reason why you can still sing and rejoice in the Lord as you listen to this music. <laughs> 